0: Good afternoon and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. My name is Kyle Bruce and I'll be your moderator for today's show. I'm joined by authors Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage, our experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can make a difference. So today's show is going to focus on chapter 30 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference. And what we're going to do is focus on recruiting continuously, at least that's the title of the chapter. But before we do get into that chapter of the book, Ah, uh, we wanted to introduce you all to the new section. So this is uh, section three of managing to make a difference, and that section is called "Build Extraordinary Teams." So, Kim and Larry, um, you know, what do you cover in this section of the book, and and what will our listeners take away from it most likely?
1: Well, uh, as I'm as I'm reviewing all of the chapters in the book, these are the the techniques and tools that highly successful leaders use to make sure they're building extraordinary teams and there's a flow. So that's why the first chapter is recruit continuously because if you want to build an extraordinary team, the most important thing you can do and you must do is recruit extraordinary players for your team. You can't make an extraordinary team out of a bunch of mediocre uh, team members, and that's why sports teams uh, invest a huge amount of resources, having people out there who, by the way, are recruiting continuously. Uh, they're they're looking at people in high school and college and so forth, and and uh, uh, figuring out who they want to target. So that is the absolute foundation for building an, an extraordinary team. But then you know you want to make sure people are in the right fit. Uh, you want to do some team building events. Uh, you want to make sure that uh, you're not retaining uh, water treaders, people who aren't making a great contribution to team. There's all kinds of things you have to do. It's kind of like um, um, gardening. Uh, it, it's not like farming. It's like gardening. You're always uh, uh, pruning and, and encouraging various uh, different parts of your garden uh, so that the garden overall can become extraordinary. Kim, you want to you want to weigh in here?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think this section of the book is the place where we begin to turn uh, from whether. The other sections of the book prior to here, whether you're managing one person or 100 people, these things are helpful because, you know, section one is cultivate positive relationships, then that's accelerate people's growth, and then maximize engagement and motivation, and those can be applied to one person or many. Here in this section, we're really going to be focusing on teams and how do you bring multiple individuals together to be optimally effective together. So that's the real turn here. And as you said, Larry, there's lots of different lenses on it. And I'm really excited to get into this part of how to manage to make a difference.
1: And, and you make a difference in people's lives if you, in fact, do cultivate a team to where it becomes extraordinary. Because those listeners who have been members of an extraordinary team. And at the level I'm talking about, it doesn't happen very to- very many times in any particular person's life. But for those of our listeners who have been a member of an extraordinary team, what you know is, it's almost a singular experience, but it certainly is a memorable experience. And you certainly have had the the exhilaration of feeling the almost tangible esprit de corps that an extraordinary team produces for each and every member on that team. And so the building of an extraordinary team is a great way to make a difference in the lives of those team
0: members. So, um, well, then let's talk about this chapter, chapter 30, recruiting continuously. You know, for me, it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart because, you know, I love talent acquisition and recruiting is, is a passion of mine and I happen to get paid for it as well. Um, you know, you rarely hear a manager say, "Oh, hey, we don't need to recruit anybody. We're all good here. You know, that hardly ever happens. Um, but you guys have a little bit different take on it. Um, mm-hmm. As most things in the book, you have got a little slightly different uh, position. Uh, tell us why you included this chapter in managing to make difference. What, what's important about recruiting continuously?
1: and uh, Kyle uh, as you said you're Kyle's a professional recruiter and uh, he's really good at what he does so Kyle I'm I'm hoping that you also contribute your subject matter expertise and and uh, in addition to being the moderator here the my answer to your question starts with my original observation you can't have an extraordinary team unless you recruit the right people to be on that team and in too many organizations, whether they're for profit or not for profit, managers wait until somebody resigns before they even think about looking for another team member, and that lengthens the amount of time it takes to fill that position, and it puts pressure on the recruiters, on the HR people, and on the decision-making manager, it puts pressure on all those people to compromise and accept uh, somebody to fill that role who really is not the best player. So recruiting continuously is the solution to to that dilemma of how do you reduce time to fill a position and not compromise your standards? on the quality of the individual you're you're going to make an offer to and the only way to do that is to recruit before you have a need is to always be interested in meeting talented people who might fit your culture and who might be able to make great contributions to your organization and your particular team in the organization and not enough people do this we do know a couple of Really, top performing individuals who, who do recruit continuously, but I think this strategy is, is
0: not very frequently embraced. Well, Larry, you were talking about um, you know um, sports teams, and you know I had a chance. I heard the head coach of the University of Nebraska of the volleyball team. Uh, coach John Cook, who, you know, national championship winning volleyball coach, and he was talking about recruiting. And, and um, you know, as you think about recruiting continuously, what he was talking about is you know, they're not recruiting high school seniors. They're not recruiting high school juniors. They're not even recruiting high school sophomores to come join their volleyball team. They're talking to 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds and identifying highly talented individuals who are in you know middle school or even before middle school to start recruiting them. Then you talk about continuously recruiting. He's going, you know, way back to junior high, 13 and 14 year olds to to build a team of the future. Um, you know, you talk about when I think about recruiting, it's this element of aggressive patience you know you, you, you find somebody but you've got to wait till the, the perfect timing sometimes they're not ready you're not ready but you found somebody and that's what continuous recruiting is all about and I was thinking about what coach cook was talking about 13 and 14 year olds you know you're in essence maybe waiting six to eight years before you can even have this person that's aggressive patience when I start thinking about recruiting and, and that's what that's what came to mind as you're thinking about having that pipeline. I, I saw a stat actually, um, as I was thinking about the show, uh, what it costs to fill a job. And, and the average company is spending over four thousand dollars. You think about the advertising costs, the you know costs of maybe or skills assessments, and those things. They're spending about four thousand dollars just to fill a job. That that doesn't include you know you know, the cost of, you know, the, the compensation, those sorts of things. But those are just ancillary costs to do the recruiting uh, and, and the hiring process. That's just a process. 4000 bucks per person um, is a pretty high cost, I think, just to do those types of activities uh, versus maybe having somebody in the pipeline ready to go. Well, I want to give an example uh, from my experience in the hotel business.
1: Uh, some years ago, I had the occasion to interview a gentleman who was the executive chef at this time. He was the executive chef of the Marriott Marquis in New York City, which is a very, very large hotel. And in the course of uh, our conversation, he told me that whether or not he had any openings on his kitchen staff, he interviewed at least one sous chef candidate per week, minimum, and sometimes more even though he didn't have any openings and what he was, that's continuous recruiting. He was getting to know the culinary people in New York city. And as we can all well imagine, there are a lot of them, but he was getting to know people so that when one of his sous chefs got promoted or got transferred, Marriott's a big company, people can get transferred pretty easily. And so he was getting to know people in New York city who he might want to have on his staff in the future so that when an opening occurred, he already had some idea of who he wanted to go after. That's what we're talking about in, in this chapter when we're talking about doing continuous recruiting. So there's a lot of networking involved.
2: Well, so, I like where we're going with this. The two words that come to mind are intentional and proactive. And they have two, two different flavors for what's going on with, with continuous recruiting. One is that you are being very intentional about being out there and knowing that you need to find the right people who are going to join your team. You're not going to just wait for them to show up to you. And that proactivity, you're not waiting until you need someone either. You're doing it even if you don't need anybody for your team right now. You're always thinking about, who might be a good part of your team, and how you can get to know those people and get them on your talent bench.
0: Well, I think that's a a key, you know, that being intentional, being proactive, most organizations, uh, frankly, they're just not structured this way. Um, And and we're gonna go into a break here in a few minutes, but, you know, most, most organizations, you know, a manager, you know, they'll go help, they'll go to HR and say, okay, I've got an opening, Um, let's build out the job description let's get going on the recruiting process. Uh, what do you need from me to get started? Um, job description, you know, what do you need? It's, it's a very reactive process. Oh, you know, so, so, and so left. Um, now we've got to move into that process of finding a replacement. It's, it's, you know, they're, they're late to the game. So, Hey, we're going to get ready to go into a break here. Um, We'd love to get some feedback and questions. If you've got questions about recruitment or about previous shows or about concepts uh, in Managing Make a Difference, just click that email host button above the podcast description. uh, Submit the question, and and we'll we'll answer on one of our shows. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Uh, Go ahead and and do that now. If you've got a great question, we'd love to hear it. Um, When we get back, we'll talk with Kim and Larry a little bit more about recruiting and and proactive recruitment. Uh, So join us just after the break, and we'll talk more about recruiting. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
4: Ask to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values.
0: Welcome back, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon. We've been talking to Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage today about recruiting and recruiting continuously. Uh, this topic comes from chapter 30 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference. And, and really, we re- recapped uh, section three, of course, and what we want our listeners to get from that. But moving into this chapter, Recruiting Continuous, we've been talking about, um, you know, really you build great teams so making sure you have wonderful people on them. You can't have an extraordinary team without recruiting the right individuals, the right people to the team. Um, And and Larry told us a story about a chef that that he worked with uh, that, that met with a, you know, a sous chef at least once a week to do those interviews to build his, his bench. And, um, and that's kind of where we left when we start talking about networking. So uh, Kim, Uh, Kim is a former collegiate athlete, and the sports analogy, I think, really spoke to her. So, Kim, I'll I'll turn it over to you to kind of pick us up where we left off.
2: Yeah, it did speak to me, and I've actually worked with Coach Cook as well. So, you know, for our listeners who don't know, John Cook is the coach of the University of Nebraska volleyball team, which is a national championship team, and every year is in that very elite group of, you know, the top eight or the top four uh, teams in the country. So studying what he does is a great model for what it looks like to build an extraordinary team. And what I was thinking about is as a coach of any kind of athletic team, you know that you need to be recruiting certain kinds of people. You know you're gonna need a setter. You know you're gonna need a libero. You know you're gonna need good hitters. You know you need different kinds of people, and in fact, you know you need good people to be on your bench, because there is some esprit de corps, as Larry says, that is created by the people who aren't on the court at any given moment. And you have to be out in front of that And not only do you have to be out in front of it looking for that one person, you have to be thinking about multiple people who could fill that role for you. Because, Kyle, as you said, sometimes the timing just isn't right. Sometimes what that person you'd really like to get on to your team wants to do isn't consistent with what you want them to do. You know, sometimes a girl wants to live in California, not Nebraska.
1: (laughs) I don't know Coach why.
2: Case. <laughs> it's called winter, <laughs> um, but you have to have more than one thing that you're working as a recruiter. You have to have more than one person that you're pursuing proactively, thinking about how could this person add to our team at such time that we need them, and you've got it. As we said, got to continually be building that bench,
1: Kim. Uh- I, I'm going to ask you a question that I think is going to be in the mind of many of our listeners. you a person is a mid-level manager. They are busy, busy, busy. They, everything is a five alarm. Number one priority. They've got their boss breathing down their neck. They've got customers. Uh, they've got employees. They, they've got, they've got a lot to do every single day. And you just, you just laid out, well, you know, they've got to be thinking about multiple people and they've got to do that. How are they going to find time for that? What, what, do, what do we say to a manager who says, listen, that all makes sense, except for the fact that I don't have any time. What do we say to that person?
2: I say, I, I hear you. I feel you. However, if you have someone unexpectedly leave your team, Now you're going to have even less time to do that, and it's going to be more of an emergency. All that other stuff that impinges on your time right now and makes it difficult for you to be recruiting continuously is still going to be there, plus you're going to have a hole, and you're going to have even more of it because somebody isn't in that role doing that job, and you're going to have to very quickly move. So if you're not doing this ahead of time, you're putting yourself in a position to be even more too busy to recruit when someone leaves you unexpectedly.
1: Yeah, it's a dilemma. It, it really is a dilemma. And in many good-sized organizations, uh, you know, we were talking about Marriott. The Marriott Marquis in New York is a very, very large organization I don't know how many employees are there, but it, it's a big organization and they have a human resources team and they have people who are their title is either recruiter or employment manager or whatever and they're out there constantly looking for people uh, and and a lot of managers will just defer to them but as I said this particular executive chef didn't leave his the success of his operation just in the hands of the HR people. And one of the things that I'd like to recommend for people who are, uh, understandably sitting there saying, well, oh, I, I'd love to have time to do this. And, and you're right. When, when somebody leaves, I will have no choice, but to devote time and I'll be, I'll be behind already. Uh, one of the things I'd like to say to them is, in many cases, you can find people while you're going about your daily life. If you, if you tune your antenna to notice people who might be a good fit for your team, particularly if many of your people are hourly employees as you're going about your daily life you're going to you're going to go buy a pair of shoes there's somebody in that shoe store you're going to go to the grocery store you're going to go where you normally go mm-hmm. yeah, so part of the response that i'd like to give people is it doesn't necessarily take a lot of extra time to what you're doing now and with respect to this chef that did take some extra time he was he had to figure out what, who he wanted to talk to and he had to meet with them and that took some, some extra time. But nevertheless, a lot of this proactive recruiting doesn't take a lot of extra time. So if you are uh, a, a, a CNO, um, a chief nursing officer, you live in a community. Um, And the nurses in that community are sort of a sub-community, and they all know each other. Uh, And so you could be proactive about meeting people who you think might be some of the best nurses in the community so that when you had an opening, uh, you could uh, could maybe know ahead of time, like this executive chef, who you might have in mind to invest time in and those people who don't know a great deal about about the healthcare industry. Uh, a nurse is not a nurse, it's not a nurse, right? You've got emergency room nurses, you've got ner- nurses. And, and so those are even smaller communities. Yep. And the emergency room nurses in a particular city probably know each other. Or if they don't know each other, they're only one phone call away from somebody in another hospital who is an emergency room nurse. And and so that leads me into one of our most important techniques to be proactive with. So I want to be proactive. I want to get out ahead of this. What can I do? And the most important thing that any manager can do is ask your best people who they know who might be a terrific addition to the team so you can start there. We, uh, we have lots of experience with organizations that give uh, bonuses and bounties for individuals who recruit other individuals. It's sort of a general program. Now, if you recruit somebody in and, and they they stay here for X number of days or X number of months, then you're you're going to get a bonus. Those sorts of programs usually do not produce a lot of good candidates. The way to do this, and this does take a little time, but, but not much, is to sit with your best performer on the team and say, who do you know who's like you? You know what our culture is. You know what my expectations are. We want to build a world-class team here. And I want to start meeting people before we have openings. So who do you know? And you have to maybe pull that out of them. Uh, Kyle, what kind of questions would you ask somebody in in that sort of situation?
0: So what I would typically do is... You know, you get them to think about themselves. Um, you know, who do you know that's just like you, that thinks like you, is driven like you? Um, you know, if it's a salesperson, it's, you know, who, who's as competitive as you are? Uh, who loves the you know the the thrill of the hunt? Um, you know who is as, you know, as networked or knows as many people. Who loves to close deals and just you know they they can't help themselves, but they're they're always doing it. That that's what I would think about is you know describe that best performer. And we talked about that activity in the past. That you know that best performer activity of saying okay, who's the best person you've ever known in a role like this? And what makes them that way? Uh, describe them for me, and you get that person to use the words of, you know, describing a top performer that uh, they can think of, and, and you know, talent knows talent. So, and, and they. Yeah. Oddly enough, they hang out together usually in, in, in some sort of way. Whether you know really gifted, uh, talented people hang out with other gifted, talented people. I, it, Birds of a feather really do fly. They do. Flock they do. It's it's a it's a wonderful phenomenon because if you learn, you get to know some of them. They're networked already together, and and you you've got a great sort of hub there of of really gifted people. Um, So I I like to use a technique uh, around that best performer activity saying, who do you know that's like you or describe your best, you know, the best person you've ever known in this type of role and then say, okay, who do you know that's just like that? Who do you know that has all of those, that exhibits all of those characteristics?
1: And I'd like to add to this discussion the following point. Your HR department is not asking your best people these sorts of questions. They're not asking them who they know because they're focusing on other things, right? They're posting on Monster, yeah. they're, they're, they're doing all these other activities to pull in candidates, and they are almost certainly not sitting with your best people and pulling the, this information out of them. So uh, this is something you can do, doesn't take a lot of time, it shows some it, – it, it gives a person a way to add value. Uh, it shows that you, you respect them in that sense, that you think, oh, you're going to know somebody good, so you're going to make the person feel good just when you ask them. And you could get some names from that. And I want to – I want to stay with this point when we come back from the
0: break. Yeah, and, and you know that's a way of, emo- as you said, emotionally rehiring somebody. Hey, I respect you because you're a great performer. Help me to do that. So, hey, we're going to go into a break here. Uh, we've got more to talk about, uh, about recruiting continuously. Uh, but if you haven't ordered your books yet, they are available at Amazon.com as well as BarnesandNoble.com. And if you'd like to order in bulk, you can get – if you're going to order more than six books, you can get a 20% discount if you go to um, ceoreads.com. So uh, check out those if you want to order books for all of your team because you probably want to do that right now. Um, So go out and order a great big number of books uh, and help spread the message about managing to make a difference. I'll be right back after a few minutes uh, to talk more with Kim and Larry.
3: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
4: Ask to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values.
0: Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. If you just happen to be joining us today, we've been talking about recruiting continuously. And this is from Chapter 30 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference. And just to give you a quick recap, you know, we used a couple of sports analogies we were talking about uh a national championship coach john cook uh, from the university of nebraska the volleyball coach there and, and how he's recruiting 13 and 14 year olds to to build up his talent bench and how important uh it is in for any manager to build a great talent bench of, of exceptional people uh even though they may not be ready today but maybe tomorrow and, and knowing that recruitment really is much more about being intentional and proactive um to build great teams um, you know, and, and really, how do you do it? What's the activity you use? And we talked about the best performer activity. Um, if you're looking for that, that's on uh, on our microsite, manage dot com. if you want to take a look at that. Um, so let's get back into it uh, and talking about recruiting continuously. We were talking about that best performer activity and, and talking to your best people uh, about gaining referrals, Larry and Kim, and, and how you get that referral network. But, you know, what about talking to a, a – You know, one of your best people and and going through this activity, hey, uh, give me a list of referrals. Who do you know that's really exceptional at this job? And then they say, well, I know these three people, but, you know, they're not going to want to come work for us what happens when you get those sorts of objections well, and you're going to get them almost immediately
1: well yes i know this good person but they're they're too far along in their career or i happen to know they love their job uh, uh, you, they're making a lot of money and you know there's there's don't waste your time yeah they don't want to they don't want to live in this community and and uh, uh, so our listeners you're a manager you're asking your top performers these questions and they're they're going to give you all the reasons i just said uh, you need to ignore them <laughs> you need to you need the, you need to recognize that recruiting is selling in different clothing and so these people don't let these people talk you out of contacting one of these individuals even if it's pretty clear the answer is going to be no thanks because birds of a feather flock together. The worst case scenario, once you get to talk to this person, is first of all, it's a compliment, right? You're reaching out to this person and you're saying, hey, your name came to my attention and I'd like to talk to you about this possibility. And even if they say no, they might know some other top people that you could get a lead on. So it's always worth your while. And one of the things that uh, we have found, when I say we, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at Kyle and, and uh, one of the things we've found is that when, I know for myself, when I have had one of these conversations with a prospect and they've just said, you know what, I, I'm really happy where I am, et cetera, et cetera, thanks for your interest. I give them my card and they might not call me today and they might not call me tomorrow. But three weeks from now, when their boss has just chewed their ass, and they're not feeling so great about working for that organization, they might pull out that card and make a call.
0: Uh, well, and, and just having having the card there, I mean, to, to that point, Larry, I was recruiting, um, very recently, um, recruiting a, a software programmer, and I had reached out to uh, a lot of people, and a lot is even not doing the number justice. It's it's a big number, but um, you know, an individual I reached out to again is part of my proactive networking here. I reached out to him and I said, "Hey, you know, are you still loving your job? You know, last time we talked, you uh, you love what you're doing and you're having a great time." It turned out that very morning, and this is fortuitous. That very morning, um, something happened in the. Culture of his work that really rubbed him the wrong way. And he said, yeah, I'm dusting off my resume because I no longer fit in this culture and I need to find a way out. So your timing was perfect. So it's one of those things where you never know when. And this is the aggressive patience part of recruiting is building out that network being proactive and talking to people, it it may not be today or tomorrow, but it certainly may be sometime. Well, even Larry, how long were you being recruited, so to speak, by uh, our team before you joined Talent Plus in 99? Ten years. See, ten years. You know, and and, Kim, you know, Kim worked for Talent Plus right out of uh, her Ph.D. program, Uh, went and did some other things and and moved to Colorado, and now she's back here several years later. Um, I was here in college, took a little bit of a break, and I came back a couple years later. So you just never know, um, you know, being – Persistent, I guess, in talking to somebody and reaching out, you never know when the timing is going to be right.
1: And, th- and th- that's what when we use the term talent bench, this is what we're talking about. So you somebody has told you this person is a top performer. And maybe you've had a conversation with them. and and if you're like this executive chef that i I once met, you know, maybe you've had an extensive conversation with somebody <laughs> of these people. And you've made a conclusion. You know what? If an opening occurs, if if it's the right time, I'm going to call this person. That's what's on your talent bench. And you can keep adding people to that talent bench. And I want to mention, and again, I know that many of our listeners are in organizations where the main responsibility for recruiting falls on the HR department. And there are recruiters there. There are employment managers there. Uh, in our company, uh, Kyle is it, and the main responsibility for recruiting new associates into Talent Plus uh, falls on Kyle. But but I want to share with you um, some advice that one of my mentors gave me. This this particular mentor was named Siggy Brower, uh, and he I reported to him when I worked in the Ritz Carlton Hotel Company, and. Siggy used to say, don't let other people prevent you from being successful. Don't passively rely on your recruiters, on your HR department to supply you with extraordinary performers to build that extraordinary team. Make some efforts on your own. The best managers and leaders that I've known, and I've known plenty of really, really good ones, uh, do in fact not rely on on HR to uh, fill up uh, their all of their uh, all of their positions they help um, and so again, I know that uh, people feel like they don't have much time but th- th- you have time and you make time for the things that are important. So I we
0: encourage you. Well, to let, do to do this, let's talk about the most prolific recruiter at Talent Plus. It's not me; it's our chairman. Our, our chairman uh, is probably one of the best recruiters I've ever met in my entire life, and his name is Doug. And so, if Doug is out in the community, and there are, I have to tell you, there's more than one time where he there is a local fast food restaurant that he goes to often that's near his home and it's called Runza. And so if you're not from Nebraska, you won't know what a Runza is, but it's it's a it's glorious, but it's, it's a local food here yeah. in in Nebraska. Exactly. Well, anyway, so he stops here frequently apparently and he's rec- he recruited a sous chef for us out of Runza. Uh, I met a, uh, a college development intern uh, very recently that he met there, who has just extraordinary customer service experience because he's tuned into that. Um, you know, we we meet people often, and he'll oftentimes hand me a, a a name and a phone number. Call this person; we need them to join Talent Plus. Well, where did you meet them? I met him on a plane, or I met him, you know, uh, at this charity event. And if we're at a if we happen to be an event together, especially a wedding, you know, he's like, "Hey, Kyle, let's go do some recruiting." I'm like, hey, let's have some champagne and cake. You no, know, we got some recruiting to do, so we'll go work the room uh, because he just loves recruiting. It's part of his talent, uh, but he's always thinking about uh, really great, talented people and. And then uh, Kimberly, who's our president, um, you know, thinking about that talent bench example, I, I'm thinking of one person in particular. And, and a couple of years ago, you know, we were thinking about uh, inside salespeople here at Talent Plus, and we were thinking about some of the best inside salespeople that, that we knew. And Kimberly says to me, Kyle, go find Ellen Heppner. And I said, who the heck is Ellen Hepner?" And she said, well, I, I worked with her 15 to 20 years ago. She's one of the best at doing this. Go find her. Um, and, you know, no, no phone number, no email address, no mailing address, no next of kin. It was go find Ellen Hepner, And so um, I had to use some sleuthing powers to find her. But when you know somebody who's great, you, you got to go find them. And, and, and it happened to, to be in contacting Ellen. She, uh, she decided to join very shortly after that. You know, this brings up another thought regarding the
1: value of of recruiting continuously, think about how much money organizations spend on search firms. Now, the search firms are recruiting continuously. This is why they can respond. But you think about how much money uh, the HR people are paid as a whole, mm-hmm. and then you think about how much money an organization spends paying recruiters who have been doing this proactive recruiting and can supply good candidates on pretty short notice, uh, you you start to get a sense that organizations really do value recruiting the best players and they're willing to pay a lot of money for it. So Again, it's, it's just a confirmation about the importance of making sure you're getting the best people in there. If companies are willing to spend that kind of money on it, they must see it as very important.
0: So, you know, what, when I think about recruiting, you, you know, the everybody's talking about candidate experience. What does it feel like to be recruited as well? Because, you know, you, you talk about building a great team. But what, what about those individuals who are being approached uh, to, you know, that that effect, and, and I want to talk a little bit about that as well in our, in our, our last segment uh, of today because we're getting ready to go into a break here. But I know Kim's got a couple of things that she wanted to, to mention about it as we think about candidate experience and how important it is to because a lot of candidates get lost in the black hole of recruiting. Uh, and from a recruiter standpoint, we've got to make sure that doesn't happen and how we can fix that. So we'll, we'll talk about that more after the break. Um, we'd love to get some comments from our listeners. So if you do have questions that you'd like to get answered by Larry or Kim, uh, please Go ahead and just add those. Click on that email host button above the podcast description, and we would love to answer some of your questions. Uh, And, again, we do have a microsite for support materials for managing to make a difference, and that microsite is managedmakeadifference.com. You can get a lot of supplemental materials there. Uh, Learn uh, more about Talent Plus and and the types of things we're talking about here in managing to make a difference. So join us back in a few minutes after the break to talk about uh, recruiting continuously. See you in a few minutes.
3: business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network
4: when managers make a significant impact their teams are engaged motivated and excited they love what they do when those people work for you you get results results matter and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. we're always talking business.
3: Talk to an expert.
4: Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: Well, welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnich. We started today off by talking about recruiting continuously and and how uh, you build great teams. And um, this chapter, excuse me, this topic comes from Chapter 30 of Managing to Make a Difference. Uh, and really, we've been focusing on the power of, of being intentional and proactive in the recruitment process, knowing that, you know, great managers don't just, you know, delegate this to HR, but they're talking to great people and building a talent bench for their team uh, for the future, even though they may not have an open role and why that's so incredibly important in, in building great teams. Um, so when we left the, the last segment, we were talking about a little bit more about candidates experience and what it feels like to be recruited because, um, you know, there's a lot of power in in that emotional connection to to being asked, hey, would you like to come join the company? So I'm going to turn that over to Kim and and let Kim talk about that a little bit.
2: One of the things I wanted to unpack just a little bit is we've talked about that top performer activity and, and that way of sort of eliciting from other people who are the best people you know who do this kind of work. And so that's, that's recruiting on experience, and that's recruiting on performance. We've talked about Doug and how he's always recruiting wherever he goes. And, and one of the things that he's masterful at is recruiting on potential. He doesn't really care what somebody's doing right now. He sees potential, great potential, because somebody's got such great attention to detail or great customer service. Um, presence. And he sees that as potential and he recruits on potential too. And so when you're the, the object of that kind of recruitment, whether it's based on your performance or whether it's based on your potential, there's so much power in hearing someone say to you, I've heard that you're one of the very best at what you do. Or, I saw you at Renzo last week, and your customer service was so awesome. I want to explore your potential and the fit that you might have with our company to come do customer service with us. There's so much power in being pursued, in being identified as somebody who someone wants. And that power translates into higher engagement, a higher willingness to leave where you're at, to go somewhere new, Um, maybe even a higher willingness to do that for less money than it might take for someone else to get you to make that kind of a move. So those are the kinds of things that go into that experience for that person being recruited.
1: Yeah, it's a major deposit in somebody's emotional bank account for uh, I'm, I'm not filling out an application, I'm not knocking on your door, you're coming to me and saying, hey, I'm, I'm interested in learning more about you. That's a major deposit in somebody's emotional bank account. And that's, that's the worst that can happen. If it doesn't work out, if it's not the right time, if it isn't the right job for them, the worst that that you've done is you've made a nice deposit in that person's emotional bank account and you can move on uh, with life and you've created a good experience for them.
0: Well, and it builds up your brand recognition too because they think, oh – you know that guy from Talent Plus, or that guy from, you know, Coke, or you know, Bob's Tires, or whatever. He said I was fantastic. That's a great company. You know, they associate the individual sure. with the organization as well. Absolutely. Uh,
1: you know, one question that might be coming up for uh, many of our listeners is, okay, but how do I do this? What do I say? You know, I I've not been in sales. I'm not a recruiter, but I am a manager and and i want to take your advice so how do i do this so i i just want to, all of us to give some some practical possibilities and let's start from let's start from this point the, the i i'm the manager and i've received some referrals from some of my best people i've asked them who they know and they've told me all the reasons the person won't work there but i don't care about that i'm going to call the person so i've got the contact information i call the person what do I say? The way and every you've got to do this on your own style. So don't just take notes and say exactly what we're going to say. But think about what we're doing and and do this in your own style. But what I would say is, uh, you know, the person answers the phone. And I say, hello, I'm Larry Sternberg, and I'm from Organization X, and I'm I'm the manager of the such and such department, and I just received your name from, and I would name the person. Uh, And, and I was asking who is a terrific individual who might add a lot to our team. And, and this person gave me your name as a possibility. And I'd like to talk to you about that. Do you have a few minutes?
0: That's, that's how you can get started. That's, uh, that's what I would do. Well, and and I think to that point, Larry, you know, because you know, unemployment's like 4.3% in the U.S., maybe a little higher, maybe a little lower. It, it, of course, adjusts. But, you know, there there's jobs going unfilled out there, and there are lots of opportunities for top performers, and they're looking, okay? And, you know, great people, they're out there looking on a pretty regular basis, actually. Kind of, some of the stats are a little scary. So to differentiate yourself from everybody else who's looking for great talent to not have a recruiter. Hey, I'm Mr. Recruiter from whichever company call, but to have the CIO or the president or, you know, the director of this or the manager of that to call somebody and say, hi, I'm the manager of, and I want to talk to you about this opportunity. Not, hey, I'm the recruiter. That's a big differentiator. Just in and of itself, you making the call or even you sending the email or the text message that's a powerful tool in and of itself, and so I, I call and I do much the same thing. I'm Kyle, and we're looking for great people. I got your name from this person, and uh, you know he or she says that you know you're exceptional at this and that and whatever the other thing is, and I've got this role that's a perfect fit. Would you like to talk about it? Do you have an interest? And and I really talk about the you use the referral, and I get them to understand more about the role.
1: It, and there's and I see we we're, we're approaching the conclusion of this particular podcast, and I want to make one more point, and that is I want to teach people the term talent gravitation. When you build an extraordinary team, you are going to start experiencing the phenomenon we call talent gravitation, and that is top people will want to see whether they're good enough to join your team. The better your team is, the easier it is going to be to attract top performers. And oh, we boy. we see this in college sports. So if you're the coach of a team that's winning NCAA championships, the top high school performers are going to think about you, whether you're in Nebraska and there's a harsh winter. And, and by the way, volleyball uh, is an indoor sport. Uh, <laughs> or... Or, or not, if you are a team, a winning team, top people are really going to be interested in exploring opportunities for you. So as you recruit extraordinary people and build your extraordinary team, it becomes easier to recruit more extraordinary people because of this phenomenon known as talent gravitation. You
0: know, that's a perfect uh, topic to end the, the conversation, Larry, because next podcast is called betting on talent uh, and, and we talk about talent gravitation and, you know, it's a perfect segue so uh, as we end the show here today why don't you give us a little bit of a preview on our next podcast and the next chapter of the book betting on talent it's all about
1: the importance of aptitude versus experience and the best managers and, and Kim Turnage talked about this that, that Doug Rath the extraordinary uh, recruiter Focuses on, on aptitude, on potential, and that is, that's what you want to bet on, is that potential for extraordinary performance, even if somebody doesn't quite have the experience that you would, would like.
0: Well, folks, that's our show today. Uh, focus on being intentional and proactive and go out there and recruit uh, and find exor- extraordinary talent to build up your talent bench. A uh, big thanks to our host, uh, Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage for their insights on recruiting today. It's been a, a great conversation. Hey, if you haven't ordered your books yet, uh, Managing to Make a Difference is available on Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. And if you'd like to order in bulk, uh, you can get a 20% discount by going to 800CEOREADS.com Reads. Sorry, 800 CEO com uh, to pick up a, a large order of books. You can also pick up uh, some supplemental information at manage to make a where you can learn more about uh, the types of things we've been talking about here on the podcast. So until next time, look for ways that you can go out and manage to make a difference in those around you. Have a great week folks.
4: Thank you for joining us for managing to make a difference. With Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.